you brought your copy of God's Word, please turn to the book of Matthew, Matthew 24, and we're going to look at Matthew 24, we're going to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Matthew 24 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. This morning I'm going to share with you a sermon Kyle mentioned entitled, Are You Ready? Are You Ready? The Bible teaches that there are two comings of Jesus Christ. His first coming was prophesied by the early prophets, especially the prophet Isaiah, Zechariah, hundreds and hundreds of years before the birth of Christ. The prophecy was that one day there would be a baby born in Bethlehem and he would be a savior to his people. And that prophecy came true. You're well aware that Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem to the Virgin Mary. Had a ministry about 33 years. He died on the cross for all of mankind's sins. He was buried. On the third day, He arose again. He ascended to the Father. But He promised that one day He would return. And when he would return, that would be his second coming. He came as a babe to Bethlehem. And his second coming is that he will be ruling, reigning king forever and forever and forever. So in Matthew 24, Jesus gives us a list of signs that must be fulfilled before he comes again his second time. Now, due to the world events that are happening today, it appears that the second coming of Christ is closer than ever before. Matthew 24, if you would, let's pick up reading at verse 3. Matthew 24, verse 3, and we'll read through verse 14. As he sat upon the Mount of Olives, Jesus The disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many will come or shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation, kingdoms against kingdom. There shall be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. and You shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And 
this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. Then shall the end come. So here in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus lists a number of signs, and I want us to look at those individually very hurriedly. A number of signs prior to the second coming of Christ. First sign, Jesus said there'd be false Christs and false prophets there in verse 11. He says, and many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. So these false Christs, false prophets will lead many astray, and a great spiritual falling away will occur before His coming. We can see that in process now. Sign number two, there will be wars and rumors of wars. In other words, hostility between nations. The word nation, they're literally ethnic groups. There will be wars and rumors of wars, and ethnic shall rise against ethnic. We see that happening today. We'll see nations and ethnic groups, and they'll increase greatly the war between them before his second coming. He says, nations will rise up against nations, kingdom against kingdoms. There in verse 6, you shall hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for these things must come to pass. But the end's not yet, for nations shall rise against nations there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. So number three, there will be famines, verse, 20, verse 7. Famines. Millions will be starving to death. They are today. We're celebrating or we're recognizing global world hunger. You'll see all the shopping bags as you go out where people are, are bringing food uh, for local ministry here and then uh, giving funds to help global hunger. Sign number four, there'll be earthquakes. Heard of an earthquake recently? Sure we have. They're ha happening more frequently. Uh, earthquakes continually. Sign number five, there'll be pestilences, diseases. We know that there are some plagues, some diseases that are wiping out entire populations. We had a, a scare last year with Ebola. Afraid that it was coming to the United States. Took all types of precautions for people to travel that had had the disease and supposed to have been cured and coming into the United States. More of that yet to come. Sign number six, there'll be increase in lawlessness. Verse 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. It's not uncommon for people to drive by, shoot someone, or to mercilessly kill someone, bludgeon them to death. It's happened recently even in our own county. So look on our streets today in our cities and neighborhoods and people turn from God. They turn from, uh, to away from law and order and, and all they have left is lawlessness and, and we're seeing a growing increase of lawlessness today, anarchy. Some refer to it. And then there's persecution. As we, you know, come close to the end of time as we know it. Satan understands that his judgment is about to begin. And so he puts a, an all-out attack on Christians. 
If, uh, you know, if we, the thought is if, we can, if I can just stump out those who tell others about Christ, then he would have a, a greater power over a lost world. Matthew 24, verse 9, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and shall be, you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. You noticed an increase of verbal and physical attacks on Christians, the beheading of Christians in the, in the Middle East, and the attacks made on Christians even in our own country. We read about Syria and North Africa, the Sudan. Many are being killed and fleeing their homes, and some are captured. Even in the United States, the rights to worship and the freedom to practice our religion is being threatened even this day. And so these are all signs that Jesus said would happen before He comes again. However, the Bible speaks of one event that must happen before the second coming of Christ. It's known in theological circles and in the church as the rapture of Jesus Christ. It's obvious that the signs we mention must take place before Christ's second coming, and those signs have already begun and they're in full swing. But they will get worse. They will get worse. False prophets and wars and famines and earthquakes and disease and lawlessness, all of that will get worse. However, Jesus said that one day, prior to His coming, His church is going to be caught up out of all of this turmoil and out of all of this tragedy and out of all of this misery, He's going to evacuate the church. His church will be caught up. And all true Christians will be caught up from the earth and raptured into the presence of the Lord. Right before a seven-year period of evil breaks out throughout the earth. Can you imagine can you just imagine a billion, a billion people disappearing from the earth? That's exactly what's going to happen before the second coming. And it looks as though things are kindly in place for the second coming, but they're going to get worse. But before it gets totally crazy and all of this tragedy, you'll have the rapture of the church. Think of the rapture as an evacuation from evil. An evacuation that God has provided for the church. From those who put their faith and trust in Him. And so you need to get this straight. There's, there are two events. One is the rapture. The second is the second coming. But when we talk about the signs, this is important, when we talk about the signs in Matthew 24, all of those signs have to do with His return to earth. We're not talking about the rapture with those signs. Here's the point. The rapture will happen before the second coming of Christ. There's a timeline. You have the present. That's where we are right now. Then you have the next to come is the rapture. Then you have the seven-year tribulation. Then you have the second coming of Christ. Then you have the millennial reign of Christ. Here's the point. The point is the rapture will occur seven years before the second coming of Christ. 
All those signs talk about things that will happen and be fulfilled before He comes. But the rapture, you need to understand this, will take place before He comes. It's on the horizon. It could happen any minute. There's no sign needed to be fulfilled for the rapture to take place. The snatching away of the church. And so I want us to look real quick at the chronological program, you might say, of the rapture. This is found in 1 Thessalonians. Look over there, if you will. Familiar passage. You hear it at funerals a lot. Let it sink in today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Paul is saying, I would not have you to be ignorant. God's people were ignorant about death and what happened to their loved ones. Some are ignorant about death and what happens to their loved ones today. He said, I wouldn't have you to be ignorant, brethren. He's talking to the church concerning them which are asleep. Sleep referring to those who have died. Which are asleep that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. They have died as Christians. When a Christian dies... You don't sorrow like that person has, that you have no hope, and that person had no hope. We have hope in Christ Jesus. We have the assurance of Christ Jesus. We have the assurance of His resurrected because He's raised, will be raised. He said, listen, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. He's not talking about not grieving over a person, but don't grieve like someone that has no hope. I go to funerals, and, and, and there's completely a different type funeral when someone has never professed Christ, as opposed to the person who's given their heart and their life to Christ. There's wailing, there's crying, there's weeping, there's screaming for the person they know that's lost and will never see them again. If they're Christians, they'll never see them in heaven as opposed to the one who's given their heart to Christ and they die, and the Christian mother or father or children know they'll see their loved one again. Don't sorrow like those that have no hope. He says in verse 14, he says there's going to be a priority. Look, if you will, at verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Those who have died in Christ will have a place of priority when the rapture takes place. Those who are alive at the rapture will not be taken up to Christ ahead of those who are dead. My father and mother both are deceased. Both of them are Christians. If the rapture takes place today, they're going to have priority. They're going to be raised first. They'll have a priority. The point is, those who have died believing in Christ will take precedence over all of us who are living, if that should happen today. So first, there's a priority. But secondly, there is a return. Look at verse 16. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. There's a return. The Lord is presently seated in heaven at the right hand of God. But when the moment comes, Christ is going to initiate the rapture by literally and physically rising from the throne next to God, stepping out into the corridors of light and descending into the atmosphere of this earth. 
Now notice, the Lord Himself, it's not going to be angels, it's not going to be the Holy Spirit, it's going to be the Lord Himself will come to draw believers into the heavens in rapture. Notice in verse 16, He talks about some sounds. He says, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. talks about those sounds. Now, as we think about those sounds, some people think there's a trumpet, some think there's the voice of the archangel, some think, you know, there's the, there's the, the shout, the voice, the trump. But as you study this, you'll find those are not coordinated, those are subordinate, which means he's describing one sound in three different ways. In other words, it's, it's a shout with a command authority, like the voice of the archangel. It'll also be like a trumpet blast. It'll have the volume. It'll have the clarity. It describes, it's a directed sound. Notice that. It's directed. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Not everybody's going to hear it. Only those that are in Christ. The dead first. The sound will be heard only by those who put their faith and trust in Christ. I don't know what Christ will say. He may say, come forth. However, it'll be loud, it'll be clear, it'll be heard only by those who believe in Jesus Christ. So there's a priority. And then there's a return. And then notice there's a resurrection. Verse 16 says, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now remember, not all the dead, not all the dead, but just the believing dead will rise first. Now, the other dead will rise later. I mean, there'll, there'll be a time when the remaining dead will rise and they'll stand in judgment at the great white throne of God. The point is, the believing dead will rise first in the rapture. And so you have the resurrection of the believing dead. And then you have the rapture, verse 17, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up, snatched up, be caught up, snatched out, to be with the Lord in the clouds, to, uh, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I was reading a book by David Jeremiah, kind of interested, I'm going to share this with you, about what it, just imagine somewhat it would be like. He does a good job with your with his imagination. Listen to this. Millions of people from all parts of the earth feel a tingling sensation pulsating through their bodies. They're all suddenly energized. Those with physical deformities are healed. The blind suddenly see. Wrinkles disappear on the elderly as their youth is restored. As these people marveled at their physical transformation, they're lifted skyward. Those in buildings pass right through the ceiling and roof without pain or damage. Their flesh and bones seem to uh, dematerialize, defying all known laws of physics and biology. As they travel through heavenward, some of them see and greet those who have risen from the graves. After a brief mystical union, they all vanish from sight. Imagine something like that taking place. Suddenly disappear. There'll be a rapture. And then there'll be a reunion. And I'll close with this. Look at verse 17. He says, And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds 
Notice verse 17 starts with then. Then, then is an adverb indicating sequential reunion. Let me give you an illustration of that. Dead bodies reunited with their spirit. Resurrected believers reunited with living believers. Resurrected believers being raptured believers. Meeting everyone, meeting the Lord together. Just all coming about in a sequential order. The dead in Christ rising. The those that are alive in Christ are, are rising. We're coming together to be with Christ forever and forever and forever. Let me tell you what. That's going to happen before the second coming. That's the next thing to happen on the, on the prophetic calendar. So the question is this. Are you ready for the rapture? The rapture will happen before the second coming. It can happen any moment. Any moment. And so here's the big question. Are you ready for the evacuation? Look around. Look around in the world. See what's going on. See all the signs being fulfilled for the second coming. It's going to be worse. It's going to be a tribulation period of seven years. But prior to that, you'll have a rapture take place. thought this was kind of interesting. He said this. Listen. God has sounded the warnings loudly and clearly. They've come through His prophets of the Old Testament, through New Testament writers, even through Jesus Himself. The firestorm is coming in the form of seven years of tribulation with no Christian influence that will temper the evil that will plunge the earth into a corridor of misery and devastation. But you can avoid the destruction and be evacuated. You can enter your name on the list of those who will hear the trumpet call of the rapture by turning to Christ and beginning to live pure and holy lives that characterize those who will, who will enter heaven. As the song says, the road is called up yonder, I'll be there. As the apostle John wrote, but there shall be no means enter it, the heavenly city of God, anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life, Revelation 21, 27. If your name is not in the book when the rapture occurs, you're going to be left behind to experience the horrors worse than anything the world has yet seen. I hope you'll not wait another day. Turn to Jesus Christ now before it's too late and become one of those who will hear his call on that great and terrible day. Are you ready? I shared this years ago, and I'll close with this. Our daughter, Corey, she, she always sat down, went into the table, and she'd work on her sermon as I worked on mine. And she was nine years old. This is her sermon. Title of it, Are You Ready? I borrowed her title. I borrowed the scripture, Matthew 24, 3 through 14. This is what she said. Are you ready? Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 24, 3 through 14. Now, in this chapter, Jesus talks about the signs of the end. When Jesus comes back, are you going to be ready? Sometimes my mother says, Corey, it's time to get up and to get ready. Well, I lay there for a few more minutes. And then she comes back and she says my clothes, uh, my, and lays my clothes out. And, and she says, Corey, she's got a quote. When I come back in here, you better be ready, end of quote. 
Do you know that right now Jesus is saying to you, when I come back, you need to be ready. To a lot of us, time means nothing. But one day we'll run out of time. The devil says, oh, you just, you just wait about being ready. You've got enough time. Jesus is coming soon. Are you going to be ready? Look with me in verse 3. And as he said upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when these things be, and what shall be the sign of the coming and of the end of the world. Now in this verse, the disciples come to Jesus, and they wanted to know about the incoming. But were the disciples ready? Today in this world, we need to be witnesses to others. But more important, we need to be ready. So when Jesus comes back, we can all go with him to heaven. So don't let the devil trick you into thinking you have enough time because Jesus is coming back soon. That's nine years old. Now here's the question. Are you ready? You see what's going on in the world? All these end-time signs are being fulfilled and they're speeding up. And all of them have to be fulfilled with the gospel being proclaimed throughout all the world. And that's going to be easy to do with the telecommunication systems that we have now and all the stuff that we have. But before that all takes place, before the end comes, the rapture will take place. It's on the horizon. You're going to be evacuated? Well, the only way you can be evacuated is to put your faith and trust in Jesus. And when the trumpet sounds, the call, the voice of the archangel, ever how that all works out, I don't know, will be called up and all this other be left behind. But if you miss Jesus, you miss heaven. And so let me beg you, let me plead with you today with all in view what's happening. You need to trust Jesus Christ. You don't want to miss that trip. You really don't. Let's bow our heads for a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for a time that we can come together and just focus upon end times. Thank you for your first coming where you came and you were willing to die on the cross for our sins. That anyone, for everyone, whosoever shall put their faith and trust in you would have eternal life. I thank you, Lord, that you came and died on the cross for my sins. You were buried. You arose again. You ascended into heaven, but you made a promise before you left that one day you'd come back in like manner and you would receive us unto yourself and we would be with you forever. I pray for every person here. I pray that everyone's ready. I do. I really do. And so, Father, I pray you'll speak to hearts today. If anyone's here who's never trusted Christ, I pray they'd come today. Others who need to make any other type of decision, I pray you'll lead them. Allow your Holy Spirit to draw those to you who are lost. And I pray your Holy Spirit to speak to those of us who are saved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask Terry.